0: I was like, let's have fun. Like you paid to do this. We're not getting paid to do this. Like we have nothing to prove other than yourself, but just to have fun. This is where you're meant to be. Like I know it. I've never. My best self is be better than every single person who's gonna walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was was a moment that changed my life, man.
1: Work harder than everyone else, and just keep going. Get up and do it again, and again, and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. one of my favorite things about weightlifting especially right now is how many strong people there are who aren't full-time weightlifters so there's a few people at the top of the sport who are making money off this but there's even more of us who are doing this as a hobby having fun and corey o'connor is definitely one of those people we first competed against each other in albuquerque uh 2021 and he brought such good vibes to the session i just remember him having such a good time running off the platform just completely being himself also while being really strong so he also talked about balancing military life with weightlifting so i think uh, that's a very interesting thing because his stress levels are obviously going to be a lot different than somebody who's just doing this full-time so think there's a ton you can take away from this podcast even if you're not a weightlifter I think you'll enjoy this one I uh, really enjoyed having Corey on the podcast his personality really shines through and I hope you guys enjoy him I told you it's very similar to weightlifting like the people who do it the longest are just going to be the ones who are you usually I mean there's obviously outliers if you start off and you're you have a big Instagram following you're probably going to get a bunch of downloads right away but if you're small and you're just starting out if you do it for a really long time, you're probably gonna be more successful than the people who do it, five, 10 episodes.
0: Yeah, exactly, now that makes sense. Is this kind of like, just iron shivers iron, like I was talking about, and just practicing. You just practice, you just gotta put yourself out there, and then um, you just accept it, and then you just build off of
1: it, right? Do you feel like that's always come easy to you? I mean, just looking at your social media and stuff, you put out music, you put out your weightlifting, I know you've done YouTube in the past, so it just seems like <laughs> just seems like you're able to just put stuff out there and don't really care what people think.
0: Um, I think it became cuz the generation when with my age when the internet was really starting to pop off like with MySpace or anything like that. I was hooked on it early age like when I was like in 7th grade and I was always just on the internet, so I kind of got used to just kind of like doing that stuff. I used to make little layouts for MySpace and tweak them up a little bit. I just enjoyed those type of like those things. So then I kind of have an eye or a keen of things like that. And also I'm that type of person. I'm sure you are too. It's like, once you get into something, you get really into it. And I can just tell, like you're talking about optimizing your sleep, like your water intake, all that stuff, like jujitsu and weightlifting. It's just like those type of personality people. And I feel like it just comes out in your work. You just got to do it.
1: Yeah, just kind of going all in on whatever yeah, you're interested at. The exactly. Time. Yeah, going all
0: in. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you have to kind of tinker with things. Sometimes you, you think you're interested in something and then three months down the road, you're like, that's not it. But if you don't try it, then you're never going to know if, it's, if that is it or not.
0: Yeah, I'm a big believer on just winging it and then going for it. Otherwise, you just don't know what's going to happen. And that was with, like, education, too. I kind of, like, dabbled. It was like, oh, do I want to do my master's or not? And I was like, well, I'm never going to find out unless I do it. And, like, even going for school, I wanted – my original plan was to be in strength conditioning for, like, college athletes. The further – like, I was at the very tip of the end, like, about to graduate from grad school, and then I realized I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want do to be a strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> did you finish out your degree, though? Yeah, I did. I did. I was like, well, yeah, might as well. I mean, well, luckily the military's paying for it, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I mean, it was always a learning experience. I always felt like that, um, you know, any education or process that you go, you learn something from it. It may not be direct, but I don't have any regrets on that.
1: What, uh, what specifically about strength and conditioning turned you away from it?
0: Um, well, I love just, you know, learning about it, how to, buy, just basically working with people. I love seeing that progress. So I have that confidence of them, like not knowing what to do or just building off of. Everyone wants to see the flashy stuff, work with the best athletes. What turned me away, honestly, was just the uh, lifestyle. And it wasn't very economical for like, I just couldn't do an internship that that wasn't paid. You know, I was living on my own, paying my own bills, training on the private sector, part-time, going to school full-time. And it was like you had to have those internships in order to get a job just to make maybe 40K working 60 hours a week. It just didn't seem worth it. With a master's, it's just like uh, unless you're the top dog, you may get like six figures. But I was I did enough grinding for at least three years, three or four years trying to make it. And I like I said, no regrets on it. It just wasn't ideal trying to make a living at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's kind of just like a weeding out process in itself. If, if you're basically not living at home and you can pick up and move every year, you're just yeah. really not going to have a job.
0: Exactly. And most people who are successful, like one of my boys, out of the 10 group of friends I made in my undergrad, only one of them is still doing it today, which is crazy. Wow. And the reason why that he was able to do it, he had support. I mean, he made little to nothing, worked his butt off, But he also had like his fiance was working full time, kind of helped out a little bit where, you know, push comes to shove. And he's like, if I didn't have that support, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah.
1: One of my buddies, Andrew, is actually he's at Elon right now. He took over the baseball program, baseball strength and conditioning program. But he did. um, He worked part. I think he was part time at a Division two school. He was there for like two years. And same thing, like you're in charge of. 15 20 teams at a time and then he went down to TCU probably he was either there for a year or two full years but I don't know if that was paid or not but yeah I mean it's still a ton of work and then and then by chance he gets an opportunity where he was able to stick it out for those couple years but who knows if you know if you have major life event or you have something go on and it's like you got to ditch that and make go somewhere and make money like right now
0: absolutely and I don't, I don't want to talk about like people having money or not but a lot of the kids that I went to school with and like oh I did a uh, internship over at Google or Apple and like it wasn't paid but they were able to they're well off so to say you know and I wasn't I had to stay home and do my internship local but its sometimes it's just like that when you have that money and opportunity those are the people who kind of end up being successful in, in that uh, way as well yeah I know um when you were
1: building out your because I you put a bunch of pictures on Instagram and stuff and I know you were really proud of it, that it was all you paid for everything and I'm sure Yeah. Like even <laughs> you know, buying the equipment, it's not cheap. But uh I know that was something that you told me, like you're really proud of it that you were able to put that together.
0: Dude, absolutely. It was like a few years too, and it wasn't like out of nowhere. People was like, How do you afford that? Like how did you get that? Well, I'll just say I did get lucky with the deployment and you get money you're not spending anything. So when I planned, this is during COVID, I was just like buying Usaka bar, bought Yusaka plates. And then I already had some other plates, sold ones to upgrade for another. And then just slowly building. Cause I always had a feeling like there's going to be a point where I'm not going to have a gym to train at. Or like, I don't know if I did, I didn't predict COVID, but I'm just saying like, well, it'd suck. If I didn't have a place to train, at least I have it in my garage. And yeah. it'll be worth it. Yeah.
1: What uh, what made you get into the military?
0: Honestly, I'll be completely honest with you. It was for school. And um, my dad, my dad was in the military. He was in the Navy for 10 years. I was actually uh, born out in Japan. And then when he came back, he's from the Chicago area. And then we moved back. But he'd always talk about the military, pushed it on us real hard when we were kids. And I was like, I don't want to do the military, dad. Like, I know it's a good idea for school and college, but i i don't want to do it i want to do like you know i want to do i was in a band at the time and trust me the more that you talk to me the more random things i was in yeah so like i'll talk about that a little bit i was in a band for quite a while and i played drums and we were signed to like a small record uh, label oh wow and yeah we went on like little tours that we booked ourselves and basically i was trying to push further to try to you know make it so to say so like when i was in high school slash early college my dad was trying to tell me the military and I was like, no, I'm trying to, you know, do my band stuff, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like Eventually, I go off to college, and then I couldn't make it to band practice, had to quit the band. And then um, it just came to the point where, like, college was too expensive. And then I reached out to my dad. I was like, all right, maybe I'll look into the military. And um, I got into um, the Air Force because my dad was in the Air Force. Uh, he joined the Reserves after he got out of the Navy. And then he told me about it. I was like, hey, they got good benefits for Reserves. You can he looked he did all the research for me, which is amazing. Cause um in Illinois, there's an Illinois Veterans Grant. If you have like one year act duty time, they'll pay for four years of school, which is awesome because he looked up what requires, it's all like specific, like what requires as act duty. So basic training counts as act duty, your school time pays for act duty, and also they have a thing called uh, seasonal training, which is basically on the job training, but you're on act duty orders. So even though you're a reservist, you're still on active orders, All that combines up to a year. You can just apply for that uh, veterans grant, and you get a uh, four years of college paid off. Wow! And I was I was a junior at the time when I went to uh, went to the Air Force. So mm-hmm. they, they honestly paid for half of my undergrad and paid for my grad school. So yeah, that's how I did it. Wow! And then so you enjoy it a lot now. Is was
1: there a point where you didn't in the beginning?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like, I liked, I did. at first I just took a chance. Like, it's whatever. Like, basic training was fun. Tech school was fun. But then once I got to the job I had originally, which was aircrew flight equipment, basically what that is is that you pack, maintain, and inspect survival equipment. So, say that, like, for our specific plane, it's a KC-135 shadow tanker. It's a, you know, refueler. We basically uh, deal with oxygen masks helmets, life rafts, anything that would be on that uh, plane for like, you know, survival stuff. So like if you fly commercially, you know how they that little brochure you get and you see all the life rafts and all that stuff, yeah. the action things come down. We dealt with that. It was very monotonous, boring. It's kind of cool to mess with the equipment, but like as far as like do they really need us? Like no one ever uses it. Knock on wood. But it is very boring. And the tempo is very slow. It's like, you know, those You know, I'm like a person that just likes to work all the time. But then if I'm like really lazy, then I get really lazy. And there's so much downtime. Like I was working too fast. Hey, you need to slow down because like, you know, (laughs) you need to save the work for this, this and that. And I was like, man, and I, I did that for such a long time, like seven years, eight years, almost eight years doing that just part time while I was going to school. And uh, yeah, I was ready to get out once my contract was up in uh, March of 2020, I was getting ready to get out. And then um, I deployed to um, Qatar. It's what they call it the DEED because it's Al deed Air Base. And I met some of the guys who have my current job, the boom operators, the guys who do the refueling. Like, they're the badass on our bases because like they're the only enlisted air crew and like as far as air force and stuff like that those are the guys that are in the flight seats. so you got the pilots and then you got the boom operators so those guys are like you know enlisted dudes but they're also cool and then you're like a you're kind of like in the middle between like you have the respect of like almost being an officer and then you have like but you're also still enlisted so you can relate to the other guys too and i hung out with those guys and just kind of like did some networking and they got me an interview and then one thing led to another, me getting the job. Okay, so are you active duty at this point? Um, I just got off active duty orders the end of last year, so the December of 2022. But I was on active duty orders for like almost two years straight. And that's just because my base was like really good at helping me get on orders. Basically, if our unit has funding for it, they will just like request it and we can keep extending my orders. So obviously, when you go to school... Like the initial schools and all that stuff and upgrade training, that's automatically act duty orders because you have to be there, you know, full time. Uh, Once those end, then it's kind of like up in the air, depending on the funding that we have on our unit. And that's all based on the budgeting of the, you know, the government and stuff like that. Like right now, I'm currently not on act duty orders. I just got off, but with our specific job. You can't have, you can't just go in like a traditional reserve is like one week in a month or two weeks out the year because our proficiency, we have to have a certain amount of flight hours, keep our currency up. Like our job is difficult. So we have to at least fly like once a week. I try to, I think I fly like once a week on a minimum. Uh, At one point I was flying like three or four times a week or maybe five even. Uh, But yeah, so right now, like they still got me working full time, even though I'm technically part-time. So I like to call myself like a, uh, like a, what's it called? I'm trying to think of the name, like a mercenary. It's like, I'm on call. Like, uh, you give me some work to do. Okay. <laughs> and I was telling you like our, our schedules is, is so flexible too. And I'd learned this on, I didn't know this, but the airlines are like that too, where they can just, the pilots will just like bid on flights they want to do and pick up their hours and flight attendants do that as well. So I guess aviation in general is very flexible. So our schedules, are usually based out, like, a week out. But it's kind of cool because we can request certain days, like, you know, if I was doing the Arnold or if I was doing something else, I could request those days, and they make sure that, hey, I can't do those. Or say, like, even if I, like, don't feel good, they don't want someone who doesn't feel good to fly, and they'll hurry up and do what they can to scrummage and get someone else to fly for me.
1: What do you do to focus, like, when you're flying? Is, like, do you take any caffeine pills or is there anything, like – that really lasers you in.
0: Um so like at first it was very overwhelming cuz hearing stuff on the radios and ATC you have to have like three radios up and you got to focus on what, which one you want to listen to and what what volume and all that. Basically it's not that trivial like I think sleep you got to have crew rest they like it's mandatory like 12 hours but like you get like 8 hours or whatever so I try to sleep as much as I can if I know I'm going to fly because nothing's worse than like having a groggy and all this other stuff when you're going to fly. So sleep is priority. And then you have a ritual. Like I always get to, I always eat the same things. I always get an energy drink or something sort. And then like some electrolytes. So like I always get like the Lonnie like energy drinks because they're good. And then I get like the uh, Gator Lit or whatever that electrolyte stuff is just to keep me hydrated. But it's mainly like, for the focus thing, it's just kind of like what you prefer. Some guys just love coffee all the time. I don't because, like, I don't drink coffee when I'm about to fly because like I got to lay on my stomach. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> only a couple of things that happen, I don't feel like I have to pee or poop when I'm about to refill someone. So Yeah, yeah. you
1: don't want to take any chances, especially, like, something that routine-oriented. Like, you know this food reacts good with your stomach. This is how much yeah. water you need to drink. And, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. So do you find that stressful at all? Like, is your work stressful?
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, it's weird because you just don't know. I kind of compare it to, like, if we're talking about weightlifting, it's like snatches. Like, you don't know how your snatches is until your warm-ups, right? Yeah. So, like, (laughs) I don't know what kind of day I'm going to have, depending on, one, the weather, two, our pilots, because sometimes they're new pilots, and we're flying autopilot because we have a restriction on, like, we have some like issues with our, um, like our software. So at a certain altitude, we can't fly on autopilot. And then when we refuel, it's totally autopilot off. So they're hand flying the whole time. And then obviously the receiver is hand flying, cause they have to get up to the position and, um, you just don't know what kind of receivers you're gonna have. Like you have really good ones and you have really bad ones. And then like, obviously it's all of its training, like local sorties are training. So you got new pilots who got to get like, uh, work done. And sometimes when we refuel, other people. But hey, what's what kind of training you guys got today? Oh, we got four pilots, um, two are students, so one's our IPs, and that means instructor pilots. Just need to get currency and blah blah blah. I'm like, okay. And then sometimes they're really good, so that's really bad, like trying to kill us. And uh, when we're as a boom operator, we are the one that runs the entire show because we see everything, right? The pilots in front are just like relying on us, like, hey, hey, boom, where's he at? Oh, he's ten feet. Oh, he's he's fifty feet. We have to make distance calls and stuff. And then also depending on what kind of aircraft we have to um, decide whether, like they have, depending on what kind of aircraft they actually push up against us. So, and trying to paint a picture. So it's like, imagine a big aircraft going up to like a smaller one. All that air, it's called the bow wave. It pushes up against us and wants us to nose down. So they have to trim and adjust to the feeling of that aircraft. So we tell our pilots where they at. And then we also, um, uh, if they need coaching, like the receivers, like, hey, you need to go up, go left, go right. Because we have a certain envelope where they need to be at, where our boom has certain limits. Otherwise, it either damage it or like you will auto disconnect because you still want to break the boom, you know? Damn,
1: that's super interesting. <laughs>
0: There's a lot, yeah. So like I'm doing three things at once. I'm like monitoring the receiver i'm telling the pilots what to do and also just trying to make that freaking contact as well and like uh it's cool because it's all like an enlisted guy's job you could have someone fresh out of school going right into the deployment and they're like 18 years old deployed refueling someone that's like they need to get that gas in order to like land or to keep fighting and stuff like that which is truly amazing it's kind of cool yeah man how
1: long do you think you see yourself doing that
0: until I can't no more. I love it. It's fun. I don't get tired of it. I don't want to say this too out loud, but I kind of have like the, you know, flying bug. Like I actually want to, well, in general, I want to fly and just like act, you know, pilot and see what I could do. And uh, because I don't know, I'm that type of person. Like once I get into something, like I said, I really got into it. So it's like, I started watching a whole bunch of aviation stuff and we have to back up the pilots as well as a boom operator. So we kind of have to know some of their checklists, understand some of their lingo understand some of the flight controls and, and stuff like that so it's like leaning towards me for one you'd be an officer you make more money you can have a future like working in the airlines and those guys love their life like half of our pilots in the reserves are also airline pilots so like there's a high chance if you fly commercial it's going to be like a military guide that's a reservist or a guard dude who just does both jobs uh but yeah it just sounds really fun i want to try it out if not i still love being a boom it just doesn't pay as much obviously it's like Cause it's an enlisted job, but it's awesome. Like it's the best views I think in the air. One of the best views in the air force for sure.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Whenever you post those videos, I'm like, e- are you allowed to be doing this? Like, does yeah, anyone I mean, know that- yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's like okay, you don't give details. You don't like where you're at. You're not telling you what time you did it. You're not giving out any tail numbers and stuff like that. Then all that PA stuff. Like back in the day, like those old school guys still kind of like, hey, why you recording? But it's like. We see it all the time on the internet. Like I could actually look up more about our the specifics of our aircraft, or you know, whatever, just by Google than just me posting a video. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm not too worried. <laughs> Can you
1: fly a plane right now? Like if you uh, if you had to land a just a commercial flight,
0: could you do that? If I say the pilots were asleep, right? You know, they're like they got. <laughs> You know, they like uh, just went unconscious, right? Because the oxygen or something. And we had to land that thing. I think I know enough and I could pull up their checklist because we have it all on our iPad. I could follow that checklist. I could at least talk to Tower or, you know, whatever to get clearance and I'll guide that thing down. It won't be a pretty one. I wouldn't say like, oh, I'm a pilot because I know what to do. But if I follow a checklist and I do everything right, at least I could somewhat get there. Yeah, if man. need to be, if need to be, you know what I mean? Like, I mean I'd say I'd be able to. What a life put the gear skill. down. Yeah, just put the gear down to drive the nose down.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> like how, ma- how many people could do that? If you're thinking just like there's 200, 300 people on a flight, if somebody had to land that thing, there might be one person who knows what to do. If I got in there, I'd have no idea what the fuck to do. Yeah,
0: did. at least I have some type of GK that will be able to like – All right, we could at least do something, but uh, for our specific plane, if you're talking about commercial, that might be a little different because all the controls are a little, you know, are at different spots. But yeah, like I said, like a like just uh, if you're out of desperate, like you're just trying to live and survive, maybe yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean,
1: you're a weightlifter. That's like. I think the main thing that you're interested in right now at the moment, we'll check in with you a couple of years down the road. But, yeah, uh, and- but how do you how do you balance that? So, I mean, are you working? What's your work schedule like? I know you said it's flexible, but like how many hours do you usually work at a time? And then how do you kind of fit your training around that?
0: Okay. Well, like when I was on orders, it was pretty simple. And, and even now, now I have way more like free time. But when I was on orders, it's like kind of like your typical nine to five. Like I'll show up and work around eight. I'll fly around like um, maybe closer to lunchtime, like 11. We land around three. By the time I get off work, it's usually around 4:30, ish, four to 4:30. Takes me an hour to get back home. So, those days I kind of had to just pick and choose my battles. I'm like, all right, um, do I do every other day, or like how do I train? So I like to. Sh- so for me, I was a big like four day a week type person. That way, it gives me like flexible. Like, day one, I could either do it on a Monday and Tuesday. Day two, I could do it on a Wednesday or Thursday. And I try to go every other day. If I feel good and the schedule, like, matches right, I'll go, like, two days in a row. Three if I have to, but I wouldn't do more than three days in a row. So um, that's kind of how I balance it, really. And it sucks because I'm not a night lifter because I used to be, like, a strength coach. So I used to always lift around this time right now, like, just, like, around 11 to 1 o'clock. And those are just the times I feel like I feel the best. So it's been adjustment, but you just make it work. And like I said, I'm a big believer on that every other day type thing. And like, sometimes you feel like you need that consistency, like of just keep doing the movements, but going in, you actually save more time from like less uh, time, like, you know, doing mobility, your body's hurting because you're going every day and we just do it every other day. That rest day is like kind of excitement for you to get like, all right, I'm excited to go work. Work out the next day you know what i'm saying and then i'm not as sore i spend less time with my stretching and i can get more done so just the quality and that's why that's how i balance it with my job and then as far as like going on the road it's kind of tough because sometimes like there's a crew van that they'll give us like say we went to salt lake city uh just like a couple weeks ago and i had to do like a like a heavy session um Luckily, I was able to, like, finesse my way to, like, get dropped off and, like, go (laughs) – one of my teammates, Neil, I'll shout him out, like, he picked me up and took me to his gym in Salt Lake City. It was awesome. Got to lift there. And then just you just kind of make it work sometimes. And to be honest, if it's just, like, a weekend trip, I'll only dedicate maybe one day to train just to be realistic in our schedules because you have to work with everyone else's schedules or what they want to do too.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think for – the majority of weightlifters, like, people are hobbyists. You're doing this for fun. Um, yeah. If you're doing three or four days a week, that's going to be enough. If I mean, if you want to compete at Pan Ams, at Worlds, probably not going to get there on three, four days a week. But if you're trying to qualify for AO Finals or even the American Open, like, the, long, the people who lift for the longest time are going to be the ones who are successful. So if – you start off and you, you love weightlifting and you want to do five or six days a week. I mean, that's fine in the beginning. I think you'll make a lot of progress. But the, the more that I've lifted personally, the less like I, I started off five days a week and then I ended up pushing to six and then I was doing two a days. And then it was like I was always getting injured and then dropped down to, back down to five and then like back down to four. Four feels pretty yeah. good. And then at a point I was at two and three
0: and uh yeah dude it's a balance because we do get addicted we keep on it we think more and more is better but it's kind of like less is more sometimes So just quality i just think quality like and people always overlook recovery and i know it sounds repetitive and it sounds annoying that we always talk about that but our sport requires like our bodies to move right and to function right like if you're hurting all the time you're going to be moving in different movement patterns and you're not drilling in that good technique at all. <laughs> and you're actually doing yourself a disservice other than just like calling it, going back in fresh and actually hitting it right. And I'm a firm believer of that. And may think I'm like cheating or like whatever, but it's like, dude, like at the end of the day, like the person who stays injury free the longest is, is going to be successful instead of you pushing. Like I know you're peaking, you're hitting PRs every week, but it's going to be at one point, like your body's going to break down. And i I rather just like have that little undulating, like up and down, up and down, but at least it's a consistent one that's going up and making progress.
1: You made a lot of progress. So in the last probably two years or so, wouldn't you say as yeah, far as snatches yeah, yeah. go at least?
0: Yeah, dude. I don't, I, yeah. Honestly, it's just, um, it's a lot of trust. So I've kind of bounced around like coaches here and there. And, I mean that's fine. Like I had like an in-person coach, but, uh, he was busy running his own gym and then uh, eventually I wanted more. So I reached out to, well, one of my buddies at the time, um, yeah, one of my buddies. Actually, you know, I think you interviewed him. Yeah, David. David mm-hmm. Bear. I'll shout him out. He's a good dude. We had no problems at the like, you know, end up leaving the team and stuff like that. But it was just um yeah, we were friends and we we're both seventy three kilo weightlifters. And he's like, Hey, let me coach you. I'm like, All right, sure, why not? I just kinda like took a took a wing at it and like he gave me all these like super specific stuff and I got like video analysis for the very first time. And that was cool learning that experience. And then eventually it just, it just didn't work out as far as like uh, my schedule I was going off to school and stuff like that. And um, yeah, just, I think we had some little differences here and there, but we're cool now. But like I said, it just ended up not working out, which is totally okay. And then um, that's actually how I found bear because I was going off to boom school cause the uh, schools in San Antonio, Texas at Lackland air force base. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going to do weightlifting. I didn't have a coach at the time I was doing my own programming. I was like, yes, because I'm a coach. Like I never got to program for myself. Let me program for myself. Blah, blah, blah. And all I was doing was trying to max out. <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: that happens to everybody.
0: <laughs> and shout out to Brittany. Like I love her so much because I was so intimidated because, um, let me just tell you the story. It's actually very interesting. Um, let me take this hat off because it's freaking burning up. But, um, yeah, so my friend here in Indiana, his name is Matt Blas. He knows Eli because they comp- uh, they competed with each other at national meets. So, like, Elijah Alvarado, I think his last name. If I mess it up, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, he's like, uh, I didn't know where to go. I was like, where do I live? And I'm, like, looking on that USAW thing, and he's like um, – I was like, oh, what's this TSS thing? He's like, no, don't go there. He's like, go to go to this uh, go to this place called Bexar. It has like they're like they're lifting on these big ass kilo weights. Looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> and they had at the time they had like a lot of hype videos at the original location where it has like that blue and green like wall background attached to that uh, crossfit gym. And I was like, sure, okay. So like I just sent Brittany a DM, and I was like, uh, she replied back. She's like, hey, uh, normally we don't let people like you know come uh, lift at the gym like for this is this, nice like but you're an anime weeb. I saw we kind of peeped at your profile and there's a lot of people who love anime so you'll fit right in i was like okay <laughs> this literally the first conversation i had with her did i came in busy as fuck i'm like i showed him my uniform on because i still didn't have time to change some person actually was also in the air force thought she recognized me he's like hey what's up i'm like oh hey i don't know her <laughs> and then, uh, i'm like looking and then um they're all, like, looking at my, like, Dragon Ball Z sleeve, like, oh, like, it's so one of the guys, like, oh, and then, like, it was so chaotic, and then Brittany's like, hi, ah, Brittany gave me, like, a firm heart- handshake and then changed it and go from there. Um, so, basically, I did my own thing, like, the first couple of days, and then she's like, well, it's going to be, I don't know the specific price, it's, like, going to be this price, or it could be the same price that you can get some coaching and programming as well. And I think it was only, like, $20 difference, and I was like, well if I'm gonna be here and lifting, at least I can get some eyes on me and at least something to follow with. Cause not gonna lie, even how busy it was at Bear, like just trying to do your own thing with everyone else's didn't seem realistic. So I just kind of took a chance, did did the uh, did the program for a little bit. A lot of it was just kind of like a trial period where she's like, help me out, watching me trying to fix some certain technique here and there. And then when I was done with Lackland and I was moving out to Oklahoma, that's when she kind of like asked me, so you're going to like stick with the, the program and the team? I'm like, yeah, of course. I love it. Everyone's cool as hell, blah, blah, And then it just kind of went from there. And that's how I started with Bear. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So yeah, it just goes with, yeah, it's uh it just goes with, uh, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just with the the trust thing. Uh, some reason with her, I just felt very comfortable and we vibe, we vibed off really well. And just that balance between like even i was always scared to ask other coaches in the past about like injuries or should i scale things she was always very straight up like yo if you have to change something like don't be afraid to do so or ask me and like just having that open lines of communication that they tell you when you like you know the business or coaching in general just having that relationship with her was amazing and and even to this day like (laughs) last night when i was squatting i was like uh my back i don't know if i could do these squats should i do it tomorrow she's like yeah, you can do it tomorrow. Just stuff like that. And I get it. I get a reply within like a few minutes and it's really hard to have that. And I don't know how she does it. She was just got done coaching States and stuff.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I haven't texted her cause, uh, my week's a little bit busy, but I was like, I'm, I'm just going to wait a little bit. I know like she'll respond for sure, but I'm like, I don't want you to respond right now. Like yeah, take, exactly. take the time you need. But I do think I mean, I think there's a balance cuz like there's so many coaches nowadays in USA weightlifting that it's easy to get caught up in Instagram and see that hey, I didn't make progress for 2 or 3 months, I need a new coach. And I think there's a lot yeah. of people who really do that, but at the same time, like because there is so many coaches, if you really don't vibe with your coach, like it's okay to get a new one. But I would always tell people like if you're if you're afraid to have that conversation, like maybe you do need a new coach because you feel like you can't go to your current coach and say, Hey, I don't like the way we're doing this thing or I'm not feeling good on this day. Like you need to have that communication. But I do think like in the time where there's so many people are just, Hey, I'll hop on catalyst. Hey, I'll hop on Cal strength. I'll hop on this. And like, you think that that's going to be the, be the thing that's going to kick off your progress. But usually it's like if you have a coach and it's in person, you're able to communicate with them. Stick with them. If you're yes. if you're in a little plateau, like that's okay. That's completely normal. I'm sure we can both speak about plateaus that we've hit, you know, till we're blue in the face. Like it happens to everybody. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's just yeah, like you, it's a lot of it is a balance, and I kind of lean towards like being experienced and also just kind of being trusting as being an athlete. It's kind of hard to to dabble into. So like we're talking about. Like if you vibe with someone i personally think in-person coaching will like be better than any other option like remote is just because you kind of have to sometimes you know like if there's not any weightlifting coaches around or you know gyms around um but yeah i think just having eyes on you especially when you're starting out is going to be the best as far as like someone like me and you we've been doing this for a while like remote is not a bad option and if you have good communication with them that's perfect like someone who's gonna be is not afraid to tell you to hey suck it up you need to do this and also someone to reel you back and like hey you know what you just need to take a rest
1: mm-hmm. and i
0: think that's why Brittany is second to none she's the best i love her <laughs> i'm so biased but yeah it's because of that like i didn't really have anyone that's like that and they'll support me so it's just yeah it's a good balance and to be honest with you sometimes like you know if you replied like you texted um britney and it's like he didn't respect the reply back. Sometimes you have to make those decision calls and take ownership of your program. Like you as an athlete have to be like, All right, I know my body. If this is gonna do some pulls today, it's gonna jack up my back. Maybe I won't do those. And I'm not gonna feel sorry about it or bad about it. It's just like you got to have to pick your battle sometimes and be smart at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean that's, that's... what I've that's what I've learned over time.
1: Yeah. I I totally agree. It's been hard for me because, so I took five months off completely from weightlifting, didn't touch a barbell at all. So when, when I started back, um, I hopped in pretty fast. Like things were, things were moving and I've just been having this glute issue. And, uh, I think it was just a good reminder, like, Hey, you got to pump the brakes. Like you took five months off. It's going to take a long time to come back. And, uh, having ownership of your program, I think is huge. Like being able to scale back and, you know you know when things aren't feeling right like there's mm-hmm. a difference between hey this feels heavy because i haven't done it in a while or my technique feels off and like straight pain and the longer you experience weightlifting specifically you're going to know what the the balance between those two things are
0: yep i agree
1: and it sucks because even I mean I'm just looking at the bear instagram and I'm seeing a lot of the females are out snatching me and you know <laughs> they're they're snatching my clean and jerk right now and uh, kind of pumping the brakes and being like hey I took this long time off like I I don't deserve to be there right away it's going to take time and I think even like kind of feeling some pain I think is a good thing because it makes me like okay, this is a long-term thing. Like if I really want to do this, it's not like I'm going to hop on a program for three months and be successful. Like this is going to be, Hey, maybe I won't be back to where I was for another year from now. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like I got to take the ego hit and really just build back up the smart way.
0: Dude, I know, dude, I feel for you. Cause like, yeah, like, trust me when I was on like a, we were on a squat cycle and we were, uh, like, you know, as a Squat. It was like a squat cycle within a prep for like AO2, I think. It was in New Mexico a year ago and two years ago, I guess now, 2021. And dude, these girls were squatting more than me. And like, I was back. I'm like, all right, it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to get bothered by it. If anything it inspires me, like, okay, they can push that hard. Then maybe I can too. But also like, you don't want to compare too much because then they'll just eat you alive. And then also like, if we're on a program together and we're prepping for a meet, we're all going to be doing roughly the same thing. And um they gives you a uh Brittany will always give you like a little range. And I'm not gonna lie, I always will take the lower range <laughs> and just get hone it in and just get better. But you got guy like it's so funny, the guys that just want to go at the very top and do like if it's four to six around eighty eighty five percent, they're gonna do six sets at eighty five percent, but it's gonna look like trash. And I'm like, Okay, let me just I'm gonna be the smart one and just hone in this stuff, and then when I can ramp it up, I'll ramp it up. And that tends to do well for me and everyone's different like I know like me and Reba I'm sure yeah you had her on your podcast mm-hmm. um if it gives us four to six we'll do four <laughs> and some people do six it's just like it just varies but I like having that option too and also it's there that's because percentage is not absolute everyone knows that that's why there's like velocity-based training and like other types of training because sometimes they're just not there that day so if you are feeling like crap just reel it back a little bit and that's totally fine um but, yeah, I know you were talking about um, taking some time off or injuries. Like, is there – like, I'm asking you now. Is there a time now where you had to, like, rebuild or this is the first time in a long time?
1: Um, I had surgery in – I don't know. if it, I think it was 2019, and I had to take, like, six – it was either six weeks or eight weeks off completely and – the, yeah, that time I had to like really rebuild, but it came back so fast. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it came back really fast, and this one kind of sucked. But uh, yeah, I mean, if anyone's listening and you're you're going through that, like, I would just recommend like take it slow and leave the gym feeling like, oh, I could have done those. I could have went to the six set, and I didn't. And then do uh, like I could have pushed the squat range today, but I'm not going to. I'm going to save it for. I think one thing I would say, like train for tomorrow, like always train, be able to train tomorrow. So if you're, I mean, if you're snatching and you take 10 misses, like, is that going to benefit you tomorrow? Probably not. But if you no, (laughs) I mean, but at the same point, like weightlifting is hard because you got to, you got to take PRs when they come. So I I know you just had a big uh, block snatch PR. Like you also have to take those days and that, that is a tough balance because could you have hit one Oh five and it looked perfect and you're like, yeah, that's it for today. Or could you have gone up and like, yeah, potentially missed, but like, you don't know if you don't take it as well.
0: That's true. That is very true. And, uh yeah, like speaking of like injuries and getting back, like I remember after AO two, I made a dumb decision to try to max out power snatches and power cleans. That was AO two 2021. That one in New Mexico where I met you mm-hmm. actually. So on the Sunday it was like the last day, um, me and my boy Grant, who's was like, hey, want to do some... Uh, max? Well, he's young. So he's like, yeah, you want to do some max out powers?' I like, yeah, sure. Like, I I don't think I'll get hurt doing some power cleans or power snatches. And then I went really light. I actually wasn't that heavy. It was like 120, which is something I could do fairly easy. And just like, I heard a pop. And it's because I had a nagging, like, shoulder before going into the uh, meet. It was kind of like maybe bicep tendonitis. And, uh, yeah, so, like, on Sunday, I wasn't really thinking didn't really get too much sleep wasn't really hydrated didn't warm up that well so all the all these red flags are coming in right but you still do it just cuz like oh yeah let me just uh do some powers and sure enough it just went it just popped and then i didn't know i tore uh my bicep and i tore a little bit of my labrum i didn't know i didn't go see a doctor i was just like kind of just trying to rehab it on myself and um like, I was so scared to tell Brittany. I told her. She said, I oh, was stupid. but She's like, all right, well, let's. Well, the only thing we can do is try to get you better. But basically, from that September, um, I was just rehabbing, 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 just doing everything that she could, you know, just being patient, cutting out Instagram. I think I maybe took a little social media break, to be honest, because, like, when you're down and hurt, you can't do stuff. You get a little sad, which is, I think it's healthy. It's fine. And I was actually to enjoy other things. Like, I was still able to golf even though with torn bicep and just do other things that make me happy. Um, but yeah, I was still doing the rehab, still doing like little weights. I think I only was snatching up to like 70 kilos and clean and jerking 80 and just taking things very, very slow and just trusting her and just doing what I can. I didn't do anything outside of it. Like, you know, like, Oh, I need to do this. I need to do more. I just trusted her and I started to feel better. And I think I've already signed up for a Oklahoma state that was in November. Yeah, so it was like the state championship in November. I think I already signed up for it at A O two, so I was already locked in. And then like literally like the week of, I was like, B, I don't know if I could do this." She's like, "Don't worry about it. Like as long as you're pain free." Right? I was like, "Yeah, like I don't feel any pain. I think we've rehabbed it." And I was like, "All right, let's just see what we could do. Don't worry about any numbers. Just have fun." It was me, uh, and Chad Cakes. You know, Chad Carey. He um he competed as well, and also Brittany did as well. So it's us three just doing the states. Um so at the state meet um you know i was just feeling myself not too bad i'm warming up and i missed 70 kilos and it kind of hurt too i was like oh this is not good for snatch and she looked at me like what just happened like i don't know i just like blinked out just whatever we just continued and then uh eventually the warm ups just kept getting better and better and i was like i did 90 smoked it and i was like yeah because i think i was going to just open right at 90 and um I don't, I forgot what we opened up. With. I think 95. So we opened up with 95 made it. Then I think we did or 95 or 98. I can't remember. I think 95. Yeah. One of those, I can't remember exactly. Ended up getting actually 102. <laughs> like I did like this and I ran up a little bit cause my shoulder was still tight. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. We're having a good day. And then uh, cleaning jerks. So I felt confident. I didn't really have any, I didn't ever really have pain doing like jerks or some reason. So, um, decided to open up at like 126 that felt really light that was good uh at the time there was like a record for like 130 for clean and jerk for the oklahoma for 73 I was like yeah let me do 131 get a record or something <laughs> did that that was fine and then um uh, that was well over because i only clean and jerked 80 kilos prior leading up to that and um she was like all right Corey. i know we're kind of crazy but Uh, you can you could uh, qualify for finals if you hit uh, 138 and I did 131 I was like that's a pretty big jump I was like all right screw it let's do it and it's like full send it I actually got it really good and then yeah that was awesome so like going from not knowing I could lift at all to qualifying for finals and like leaving it to the last lift was like probably one of my favorite moments with uh, with Brittany and just like stuff like that and I know it sounds like a miracle almost but just trusting yourself through that whole process of months is rehabbing wasn't even lifting heavy weights. I was squatting a lot. So that helped probably with my leg strength. Um, But yeah, just like I said, just trusting it and being patient (laughs) really paid off.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like so cliche, like all all these things, like trusting the process and, you know, trusting your coach and just doing all the little things. Like it just sounds like, Come on, give me some more. Give me something that's you like know. actually going to work. But I mean, there's no secrets there. there I know there, it there, really there. is
0: not. It's just a lot of it's a little mundane, boring stuff that you don't see on the internet or people don't talk about mm-hmm. or people may say, you yeah like, you're full of shit. And then you actually like just maybe have a situation like I did or you did and just trust yourself and things do pay off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think in, even like not panicking through those times because even for me, like right now with the Arnold, cause we have that coming up in, it's probably like six weeks away. And I mean, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, am I, <laughs> I going to go there and hit 80 and a hundred? Like, do I want to do that? No. Like it's, it's a seven hour car ride. And like, yeah. but if I know, like, if I keep doing the little things and like, keep healing this thing when I get there, like who knows? Like adrenaline. It, maybe I'll hit like 20 kilos more than I hit in training. And I, I'm sure that that could happen. But like,
0: I mean, you got to take a chance sometimes too. You do. You do, absolutely, man. Because you know how it is at meet days? I'm, I don't care who you are. There's never been a time when I was at a meet where I didn't feel good. Or at least like, you just got to get your mental right too. I think that's the biggest thing. Like anytime I go up to the bar and we're about to do your lift, I'm used to CrossFit, so you're used to hearing that like, like you know like boop, or like just tell you to go or some people wait to that 30 second one but i don't i just go when i'm ready uh you just i just immensely just come up to it like i don't think about anything else but the like an absolute result like just make the lift. i'm not thinking about how i'm pulling it i'm not thinking about how i need to punch out maybe if i messed up and have to redo it on that second like attempt or something but usually it's just like you just kind of have to just be in the zone how
1: how do you get there
0: Me, okay, I'm a lot different than other athletes because I don't take myself too serious, but I do get serious. You know, I like to get angry for my lifts. Um, How I get ready is um, I like to be goofy. Like, I listen to music that just makes me happy, something that's just like, all right, we're vibing, we're just having a good time. And I always tell myself this like, when I start to freak out, when you start your heart rate rate, like heart rate racing, your heartbeat going, I was like, let's have fun like you paid to do this we're not getting paid to do this like we have nothing to prove other than yourself but just to have fun so like i was like you know what i'm having fun actually one moment too like at AO at the finals this year i almost cried out of happiness so like i borrowed like uh kenta's headphones i didn't tell anybody this this is the first time i borrowed Kenta's headphones he has like the airpod maxes are super nice like noise canceling just like one song came on and i'm looking around i'm surrounded by my coach and all my good friends on my team. And we're all here in the same place, like doing what we love. And like that little moment, like I had like a little tear, like ah! I had to stop myself. Like, this is awesome. This is like in the middle of the session too. Like, I'm just like sitting down, like waiting for my warm attempts. I'm like, I'm just happy to be here right now. And as long as I keep myself in that happy place, I feel like I always do well. The the time that like I, I bombed out at Canada AO2 the uh, last year, It's because I put way too much pressure on myself. I saw that I was in the A session, the totals, like where I was opening. I was opening the heaviest on snatch. I'm like, yeah, if I do this, I win. And now I'm looking at other people, what they're doing. And that got to me because I was way too confident or just, I felt like if I just went to the bar and I just like yeeted it off, like I'm just going to make it. Like regardless of any technique, I'm just like throw as hard as I can. And I threw it behind me three times and I bombed out. And I was like, I felt, I was even like, all right, this is, that is what it is. That's what it feels like. It doesn't feel good, but I'm, like I said, I'm weird, but then I had to turn it around and then I was able to get gold for the cleaning jerk at the, uh, so I like bombed out, but got golden clean cleaning jerk. So I'll take that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that doesn't happen much. Like a lot of times you see people bomb, like if they bomb out on snatch, they usually pull out or, you know, end up missing all three clean. Uh, yes. Yeah,
0: dude, I think that's the worst. That's the, if you're, if, if you're not, like, a super competitive athlete, like, you're not trying to go for teams and that total is what you really needed, I think that's a cop-out. You paid all this money. You do this for fun. You do those lifts. I don't care who you are. Like, <laughs> I'm going to do those damn lifts, man. I'm not going to just back out because I'm sorry for myself. Screw that. Like, I, you know what? Turn it around. Like, make something better out of it. Like, you know what? You have nothing to lose now, so let's just go all in. So that's my mentality with the would be and honestly she wasn't even mad at me that i bombed out but in order to turn that around and change my attitude like i started to light up a little bit like you can even i even saw the pictures from six for six during my snatch sessions like i just looked out of it like i was not focused i was not there and those are going to be those meets that you just got to learn something and hope and i was just very like lucky to learn it in a very short amount of time and turn it around
1: yeah i mean i'm, I'm even thinking for myself like you kind of you 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 paint this picture of yourself as what kind of lifter you are. And then you start to get, you know, you do a B session and then you get into the A session and you're like kind of tied to this, Hey, I'm an A session lifter. And like, this this is me. And I mean, really, there's two or three people. I talked about this last week, but there's two or three people there who like have a chance of winning. And then the rest of the people, like we're so far below the top 73s (laughs) in the country. So like what, is the point of just kind of showing up and, you know, thinking that you're better than other people and thinking like, this is going to be the end of the world if you bomb out or if you don't do as well, if your opener is a little bit down from the meet before, like you said it best, like we pay to do this. yeah it, it, Like we're all losing money doing weightlifting. <laughs> it's a lot of freaking money to, to throw you, out there.
0: I going to say, do you have people like friends and family, like you you get paid to do this? Like, like are no, you, I pay a whole bunch of money to do this. Are you going to the Olympics? Yeah, you're going to the Olympics? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: just lying. I'm just kidding. No, yeah, but I think that, I mean, just even seeing you because I remember we did compete at that A O two meet, and I mean, you had such a good attitude, and that was my literally my favorite session that I ever did. I think that one was just. Because there was nobody who was, like, super good there. yeah. So we were all kind of around the same totals, and everybody was just having fun. It was good vibes, except for uh, one dude did go 0 for 6, and he was not happy.
0: I know. I felt bad for that dude. I was like, what? But that's his own, him and his coach's fault. They shouldn't open him on that. I feel like he opened really high. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, like, for me, it was – like, that session, I was like, you know what? If no one's going to be the hype man, I'm going to be the hype man. And that's just who I am. I'm a very energetic person, and some people may either hate it or love it. But it was, like, 6 p.m. It was dead as hell. No energy in the crowd. Like, even the lighting was, like, dead, like, yellowy looking. We were looking like green monsters and stuff. And the back you're sitting there like you're looking all jacked and happy You're like smiling a little bit i could tell you're excited i was like i'm excited too thank you like let's let's do this like let's have fun like we're competing and it some other guys are like really really quiet but then there's other cool dudes too like this guy named calvin i still talk to him too on the internet like he was he was a cool dude we made a bet about like uh who's gonna clean and drink the most or something like that has to buy a beer or something like that <laughs> but uh yeah that, that was a cool session because like i was like you know what like man This is not what I expected, you know? It was, like, my first national meet. Like, man, I'm kind of tired, but I'm going to turn it up, and let's just make the best of it. And it was fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I think a lot of people need to, like, reevaluate what they see themselves as a weightlifter. Like, are you going to be – are you going to compete at Pan Ams? Are you going to make a world championship team? And if you are – And if you have aspirations to do that, like I'm in no way saying you shouldn't chase it yeah, and you shouldn't like set yourself up for that. But I think like be honest with yourself and like both of us, I mean, you're 30 years old. Yep. Yeah. I'm 28. We're not getting any younger. Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I feel like we both have potential to get stronger and like we're, we can always make technique changes and I don't think either of us are capped out by any means, but like There's a limit on what we're gonna do and
0: that's fine.
1: Like we might as well enjoy it.
0: It's totally fine. And like some people have unrealistic like goals and values and that's I mean, I'm all for like go all in and do as much as you can, but just make those goals like in reach. You know what I'm saying? And then go from there. Did I ever think that I was gonna snatch two plates like two twenty five when I first started? Fuck no. But then once i did okay then i started inching it out okay maybe 235 and then you just kind of go from there and just always make sure you have fun because those people like i know kids like not i wouldn't say kids like this guy's like i know like 25 why am i whispering you guys i know like 25 years old like i'm going to olympics or like i'm, I'm going to pan ams like okay like make finals first like make those small goals first you know what i'm saying and I think that's the problem, too. Another clout chasing and, and with social media and Instagram, like, I love it. Like, I use it a lot. But I just try to use it for, like, my progress and, and maybe inspire people. But I never try to be like, oh, look at me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people need to realize. At the end of the day, no one gives a fuck what you do. No one does. I mean, like, if your coach is proud of you, but, like, no, at the end of the day, like, you you're just doing it for yourself and it's because it makes you happy and you're and you're bettering yourself and you're getting better at the sport. You know? I think people need to go back down to that level and enjoy it.
1: Yeah. And I mean that happens like any time a sport starts to gain popularity, like you, you see a bunch of people on Instagram doing it and uh you know, maybe you win AO and you get a shout out from USA weightlifting. Yeah. But I mean it's a super niche sport still at the same time. Like there's not a ton of people doing it. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, it's meant to be fun. Like the, the, you're totally right. It's, it's recreational. Like you want to get out of I want to get out of the out of sport injury free. Like I want to lift as much as I possibly can, but I don't want to be able to, you know, like not have use of my wrists or shoulders or anything when I'm 35, 40 years old. I don't want to end yeah, up like that. Yeah. You don't want
0: something big to happen to where you, it taints your like your vision of weightlifting or your views on it and just be super sour. Like you want to end on a good note, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if that means like, in like, you may like still be doing those like classic lifts, like snatch and clean and jerk, but not competing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Is this uh, the, you do realize you see like the rise and fall of a lot of athletes and you're saying it's just like, you just got to go back to having fun and just, and, and also being disciplined. So there's a lot of balance. I don't know how to describe it other than balance.
1: Yeah, do you have like a long term goal? I know you were talking about just kind of setting those little goals for yourself, but do you have something where, hey, yeah, when you're done, you look back on this would be success in weightlifting?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, first I was—I still am trying to go for nationals, and I think it's—it's it's, for seventy-three kilo lifter. It's hard for some reason from finals to nationals is like a twenty-five kilo increase right Mm -hmm. and no other weight class is like that and i'm not like trying to make excuses like oh you gotta do this but you know it goes from 240 to 265 i think my best comp total i have is 250 so my goals, if i had to have a really really good day is like 115 snatch and like 150 clean and jerk or something like that or vice versa like 120 uh, snatch and like 145 clean and jerk but I think I'm leaning towards, because me and you are both good, better at the clean jerk. <laughs> so like my goal is like, I'm still pushing for nationals. I think it's in reach. I just got to work for it. It's like not too far off from both of my best, you know, lifts in training. I just got to do it in, in competition. So that's definitely my, um, that's like my really far goal, I guess. And then as far as like the future of weightlifting, like I'll probably still compete as a master's. I don't care. I'd still like to, maybe still qualify for seniors as a, a master's athlete. Cause I think that's in reach and like, yeah, you know, just kind of be more prideful, but then you have two options. You know what I'm saying? And um, I just want to do it until I'm not having fun anymore. Or like my body can't do it. I don't really have like a certain plan. Just, it's the only thing I really know I've been doing this for so long. I think like if, and you know, I'll probably maybe incorporate some more other like things of fitness, just like bodybuilding, maybe some cardio, like maybe get into CrossFit again. Who knows? Like, what if I go back to CrossFit and then do like weightlifting here and there? There's a guy named Bob Bondeman. He's in Illinois, out in the Chicago area. He's like in his 60s, I think. And this dude is so awesome. He still does. He still competes and does meets. But he obviously doesn't take it too serious. Like he still does his training. He does CrossFit classes here and there. He's an active, very mobile old dude. He he always likes to show off on how much he can stretch and do all this other cool stuff and he's like a guy I look up to because he's always happy he kind of knows where he balanced and what he wants to do and he still breaks records he still competes and he still has fun with him and his like a couple of other old dudes that lift in the uh, CrossFit gym
1: yeah that's awesome it's yeah. always it's always motivating seeing that like when people are in, I'm sure your parents are kind of getting up towards that age too where I mean you see somebody do clean and jerk 185 and you're like damn you're 65 years old that's crazy
0: yeah that's motivating yeah, so like, for me <laughs> yeah i don't think i ever get those like numbered things scared like i think people will always get scared like i can only hit this weight you know and then there's gonna be a time where it drops down and you can't hit that heavier weight i think if you truly love this sport and like the art of it like you'll start honing in techniques or just knowing how to like just to how to still do it have that skill and like you could be like the oldest dude and like have like a dope like certain niche thing that you do like oh, I'm really good at my turnover my snatches or like just I don't know just having fun with it I think that's what it is and you know? I'm not scared about that when I get older
1: do you do anything else like fitness wise keep yourself healthy or like what habits do you kind of do on a daily basis I know I mean we talked about you're balancing a lot at one time and I'm sure your job is stressful and then weightlifting is not the not the thing that's like the least amount of stress on your body like it's tough to do so is there any like what do you do to keep yourself healthy
0: as of right now or what i've done in the past both or yeah either well i was pretty fortunate like when you're coaching and stuff like i even at one point i was working at like an f45 where i coach crossfit like you're still doing a lot of movements and getting those general fitness in because sometimes you have to like join a class if you did like f45 and then um like crossfit you're still like practicing the movements and stuff here and there but to be honest like the past couple of years, I haven't really been doing much other than just weightlifting. And I'm just now starting to like incorporate more bodybuilding. I actually changed my program because I'm not doing the Arnold, but I'm still doing the prep. But I'm doing like three days of uh, Olympic weightlifting and two days of just doing accessories and like bodybuilding. And right now I'm seeing the results of just doing the general fitness and I'm loving it. Like I'm still feeling a pump. I'm getting stronger. I remember actually the biggest thing with my shoulder I couldn't do pull-ups i couldn't lock out at the bottom because i would feel that instability of that torn labrum i've been doing a lot more strength training now and i'm actually able to lock out but still like have that support you know what i'm saying because i build up the other muscles and that's only been for like a month now of doing just bodybuilding stuff so right now i'm doing that and then i actually just joined a um indoor soccer league last week oh, cool. so every thursday nights we'll be doing that and i miss soccer. i I haven't played soccer since, like, uh, like I did an indoor league back in, like, 2015 in college. That was my main sport in high school. I did that all four years and then a little bit in college, just, like, intramural, like, indoor stuff. So it's nice just to do that. And I realized how, not like, out of shape I was. I was, like, <laughs>
1: <sighs> and I was like,
0: dude. but I had that feeling, like, you know, the drive home where you're, like, shaking a little bit, the steering wheel. <laughs> I was like, I miss this feeling because I actually felt really good afterwards. I was like, I just need to get general help too as well. Like we like to do this sport and be good at it and not saying that like, Oh, I need to do like a triathlon to be like a, an aerobic athlete. And no, but like just doing that here and there, like it is going to benefit you, like especially just with stamina and endurance. So yeah. Yeah. It's long-term.
1: How about just, um, like mentally, are you a reader or do you have any, you know, daily routines that you do that feels like keeps your mind sharp?
0: I wish I did. And I try to be better at that, but to be honest, I don't really read too much. Cause like after grad school and all I did is read and write articles, like read articles and write lab reports. So I took a huge break of just like not doing stuff, but I have a lot of books that I still wanted to read. Like the, um, the Penn book from, uh, weightlifting house. And I got the one from, um, uh, the parabolic training, all that stuff from, uh, with it, Dane, mm-hmm. go for yeah, go- it. Yeah. yeah, garage strength. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I've been, uh, I have those books too that I'll like every once in a while to start, like, you know, take a look at it. But I should look into that. But as far as now, I'm more of a music person. I guess if mentally, what makes me happy, I like go ahead and mess with my guitar, play a lot, and just like sing or whatever. That's my like therapy. Like, because before anything else, before sports or, well, I did sports a little bit, but before like weightlifting in general, like I was, you know, in a band, so I missed that music side of me. So mm. I feel like that helps. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's good, man. I think um I mean a lot of people will tell you like you need to meditate or you need to have this morning routine, you need to journal, but if if your journaling is picking up the guitar and playing for 15 20 minutes and that's what gets your mind right, then yeah. that's just as good of a thing
0: it's weird but yeah it's true like a lot it sounds basic like some people like i just love music or what kind of music i love our music like i'm actually a music guy so like that's how i'm able to like kind of have my church or my therapy is through music and it means playing or listening or stuff like that like i even record covers sometimes that's how i, I got all this equipment because i like record covers on my acoustic guitar i think that's definitely my uh my choice of when it comes to like meditation and like mental health for sure.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think um the more people I learn the more people I talk to, the more I learn like they that's going to be different for everybody. Like what works for you isn't going to work for somebody else, but that's okay. Like I I always think the more information that we can get out there, like maybe somebody listens to this and they're like, "Hey, I haven't played the guitar in a really long time, but that always used to be something that I enjoyed." Maybe they'll pick up a guitar
0: yeah pick up the freaking guitar (laughs) yeah i'm I'm huge on that i'm huge on just like keeping those skills that like keep you young and happy and just like just still maintaining those skills because you have friends too like oh i used to do this i used to that and they just totally drop off like you said you had friends who started podcasts and stuff and that's kind of sad because even talking to you right now is awesome like i feel great this has been an awesome like one of the best conversations i've had in a long time and it's something i've been wanting to do for a while and I'm glad we're able to like make it happen.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the more people that have them, like, it's only gonna elevate everybody. Like you having a podcast. I mean, I'm competitive. I still want it to be a little bit better than yours, but but, <laughs> but you know, no, yeah,
0: exactly, dude. Yeah, exactly.
1: But by doing by doing yours, like, I'm gonna listen and think. Oh, maybe I should do something else that Corey's doing. Like you, you had that pause in there where you just had the little music. And I thought it was hilarious that you're like my Uber eats is here." And, uh... <laughs> that,
0: <laughs> okay. That was so random because I actually had that. I was, I bought like a, um, little MIDI keyboard. And it has like little beats on there. And I was trying to learn how to program beats super new. That was the only beat I made in was like one loop, like nine seconds. I had it say, it was like, that would be perfect for like a little commercial break. And I think I showed my friend Matt. He's like, dude, your ass took a commercial break. He's like, hold on, my food's here. <laughs> he started cracking up. <laughs> but like this little stuff like that is like, he thought it was cool and it was funny. And that's funny that you mentioned it too. Yeah. Like, it just, this is fun. I
1: mean, it's definitely a skill, like for you, especially for your first one, like i listened to it and I told you, I was jealous how good the first one sounded. <laughs> So I'm excited Thanks, to, man. I appreciate I'm, it, yeah, man. I'm excited to uh to see what you do in the future. I think I mean it's always good. it's always good to hear other people's perspectives I think um, even the highly medicated professionals, I've been listening to that, and I don't even I don't know Wait, what what is that? It's um it's a couple people on Bear. I think Jenna and Tracy. I've never met them, don't know them, but uh they followed me on Instagram and I've been listening to a couple different shows that they did and I, I really well, enjoyed I, them. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I haven't check, didn't check it out.
0: out. I didn't know that. Mhm. Yeah, Probably but even <laughs> Yeah,
1: even if you, you find somebody who who you don't know and y- you hear a different perspective, I think that's always a good thing
0: yeah for sure and i i just like it in general for weightlifting because like there's not a lot i mean there's some that talk about weightlifting but it's like the bigger names but i kind of like knowing like the little you know more personal like even with me and you and that's why i like your show a lot You like you dive in and talk to like one of our teammates reba or talk to my old coach like um uh, with britney and like oh okay like it's cool and then just even like um you were talking about the little the one that you had for the 200 about the whoop. It was, I was laughing. I was doing squats yesterday, listening to that one. And I was like, that's funny because I, <laughs> I took that thing back too. I was like, man, this thing sucks, man. Like I've had it for like almost a year. And then I upgraded to the new one. And the new one was worse than the old one. The new, I think the old one was actually better, but that's a whole thing in itself. I just thought it was funny. Just like little stuff like that. Like you talking about that. I was like, that's funny. Cause I could relate.
1: Yeah. If anybody, if, um, we're like a hundred episodes down the road and you hear me promoting the whoop. If I have my own code, like, you know, I sold out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I need to do, is there anything that you do for like uh tracking sleep or all that? Like basically what the whoop does, like with strain and stuff like that.
1: I, I mean, I would love to find something that's, that is like good, but I don't think any of them are good. Like if the Fitbit, if you want to like just track your general steps, like I think that's a good thing. But I mean, who do you really need? Do you really need to track your sleep? Like if you wake up and maybe if you're, you know, you have a chronic condition or you have something where you really need to monitor, it might be a good thing, but it's all estimates too. Like the, the whoop is not that great at telling you, like it's estimating when you're sleeping and when you're not. Like, who knows if that thing – you could leave it on the kitchen table and it say, oh, yeah, you had eight hours and 22 minutes of sleep. You don't know.
0: Yeah, that's true. Or, like, (laughs) there's times I, like, went golfing or whatever and they thought I was cycling or doing something (laughs) else. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, just little things.
1: Yeah, you can – I mean, you can really get into the weeds. I think there's, you know, people who do the biohacking and stuff. But, honestly, like, for me, the times when – when I'm thinking, like, I need to optimize stuff, usually I'm doing stuff that's stupid before that. Like, it, yeah. if I get sick, I'm like, hey, I was, like, at a music festival, didn't sleep, took some drugs, e- you know, all this <laughs> all this stuff that I shouldn't be doing, yeah. stuff that I enjoyed doing, like, it, it wasn't stuff that I would have done differently, but, I mean, I'm not going to be optimized after that. You should know your body enough to be like, Hey, did I did I do everything I can to sleep good? That's
0: very that's very true. I mean like if you do have a tool, like if that's something you need to focus on, I don't ever I don't ever really see it being like a long term thing. Like mm-hmm. especially like, dude, I'm messing up on sleep. Let me go use this for a little bit to track my sleep and then find a good routine. Once you get a routine, it should be a habit, right? And um yeah, like for me it's like you like like you know, we're having trouble in training. It's like, man, why do I have a bad training session? Then you literally go back. Okay, I didn't sleep good. I ate like shit. Maybe I drank the night before. And you answer yourself. You you always answer, like even your coach will tell you sometimes, like, hey, what's going on? And they'll ask you like those other personal questions like, oh, yeah, it was that. Not because I didn't have my fucking whoop app or something. <laughs> yeah. And you you know, you
1: want to blame like, oh, my belt isn't fitting right or mm-hmm. my, my shoes are, the heels are chipped and it's like you, you want to <laughs> take all these steps that, uh, probably like look in the mirror. That's like the, the biggest advice I can give.
0: I think so. I think so. And it's the cheapest too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, uh, also uh, randomly, sorry, I'm like going off track. I'm a no, guy who good. likes to go off track, but, uh, the shoes, man, you just threw those away. I'm not saying any names, but you yeah. do like them no more. The
1: Veloces. I got, <laughs> I got the tears, which, uh, it was tough getting getting my hands on him. Brittany finally hooked it
0: up. But uh Oh that's sweet, Yeah, because online it says sold out. So she hooked it up. Yeah, shout out shout out to Tear. Blood, sweat, and tears, T <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. No, the velocities fell apart for me. Probably like yep. probably after six months I started seeing like big chips in the heels. Yeah. And then the inside started just I had like holes in both the heels on the inside. And they oh, just wow. kept getting kept getting bigger, so
0: Yeah, I have some. It's just the one that the common one where the wood in the back Mm -hmm. of the heel starts to separate. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love them because everyone loves a wood heel and it's a high heel. Um, They're kind of heavy. There's no room for your toes to move. Everyone I talk to is like, dude, it smashes your toes. I'm like, yeah, it does. (laughs) I hit a lot of PRs on them. So, like, I attached myself to, like, those shoes for a long time. And it was kind of sentimental because, like, my grandpa had bought it for, like, a gift for me. As a birthday gift, I think, uh, back in twenty, I think this was back in twenty nineteen, I had them, and then um, yeah, it was kind of sentimental too, cause they recently passed, and then I was like, all right, I'm gonna wear those shoes and all that stuff. But end of the day, the shoes not good. <laughs> I well, I switch all the time. Like I was like, oh, I need to wear this shoe, I need to wear this shoe, and I'm also like a shoe like fanatic. I just like having those vintage shoes. I had some like those like uh, Ironworks, those uh, like silver and red black ones. And then I have the Asics for a while. So like even if I don't use them, I just like having them. But I think I came to the conclusion that like I use the fours a lot and I recently just switched to the twos. And as much as I talk crap about the twos because everyone like swears up and down and I talk crap. about am like, dude, they're moon shoes. They're ugly. The strap on the inside feels like I'm about to step on them. Like they're they're a good shoe, like all around shoe. Like they're durable, they feel good. So I've been I've been rocking with the with the tees.
1: Yeah, I wish they. I mean, they need to come out the tears. Like so far have been good. Like I have nothing bad to say about them.
0: I, I I had nobody say anything bad about them. So yeah.
1: Yeah, but I, I mean, there needs to be more weightlifting shoes that are like good. You can't even. It's not like you can go to Dick's Sporting Goods and try them on.
0: Dude, I know it's always taking a chance sometimes. Yeah, man.
1: you have to know like your your size if they run big if they run small yeah it's tough
0: yeah i love i love talking about the shoes because I, I even got like the legacy lifters at once because i it matched like a color like my singlet or something and i was like immediately didn't like them because it hurt my heel and some people swear by them like the guys from sick sika strength or something like that they like they love the legacy lifters I'm like i don't i think they're horrible but <laughs> some people i mean you see jay olympia he wears them you know what i'm saying like who am I to say?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're calling everybody out now.
0: Well, uh, where can people <laughs>
1: where can people find the podcast?
0: Okay, so I don't have an exact name, but it's on Spotify. I just came up with a name for now. It's like Power or Nah podcast. I'm sure we're gonna change it. Uh it's gonna be like a kind of like a, a group collection. I'll pretty much be editing it and running it, but it'll be with like the guys on the bear team. So I guess you're included too, so you can hop on there as well um yeah that's what it's called it's on spotify power or not podcast
1: awesome man i'm excited to see what you do with it you you got a you got talent already i saw from the first episode and i think thanks uh, man think you're gonna have a good time with it and
0: yeah just keep having fun with it enjoy it appreciate it appreciate it yeah it's been it's been a blast and hopefully i can can get better at this like editing and and also organizing my thoughts too
1: (laughs) yeah it's a skill man it's a skill it takes practice I mean, I, I'm not that good at it either. Uh, I've been doing it for a while, but uh, always things that I can improve on, too.
0: No, I think it's a very natural, and, and, and uh, it, the conversations, like, progress, and you go somewhere from there, too. So, yeah. I like it. Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, I'm just ha- trying to have like real conversations and then hopefully people get to the end of this and they're like, yeah, we liked a couple things they said in that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, awesome, man. I'll get your uh, Instagram linked up in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for coming on. This was really fun. Dude, thank you so much, dude. It was an honor to be on your podcast.